2: Check, check, one, two, ha,
3: ha, 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 yeah, so, uh, ha, 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 ha,
4: If you don't mind, I will begin at the beginning. It's a new day. Let's get going.
5: One, two, three. Bad boy.
6: Four, five, six. B.I.G. I like both.
5: I keep
3: about 800 to 1,000 rolls of both kinds of toilet paper in my house in case of emergencies. You never know when 800 people might stop by. Last week,
1: I invited about 600 of my closest friends to the house for a little get-together. Nothing too serious, just some drinks and burgers, you know, kind of casual. It was a
3: typical Sunday afternoon in the Burgundy household. My neighbor Kevin called the
5: cops as per usual. And as per usual, the cops stayed for dinner.
1: <laughs> anyway, that's a funny story that talks about toilet paper from Charmin. And
5: now. How much
7: damage are you guys doing to your beeholes? Our feature presentation. That's a good question, right? It's a valuable question. Good
2: morning, everybody. Brand new Kevin and Bean Show. It is Tuesday, the 33rd of February. <laughs> <laughs> I
7: think that's about right.
2: Just to pay off. Pay off the joke Bean was talking about. <laughs> I, I love it. It's the 5th of March.
3: Why um, Why is it always the neighbor Kevin who calls the police on Ron Burgundy's house party? I don't
2: know. The bad guy in everything seems to be Kevin. The bad guy? The dumb guy? The dumb guy the guy, guy. Yeah.
7: yeah. What yeah, is the, that about? The bad
2: radio guy? Like, it's just every situation. Honestly, I don't know. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it where it's just... Nobody asked you, Kevin! To I don't know. It just seems to have become part of society. The it, dumb guy, the annoying guy, is Kevin. How, and it's such a yeah.
3: normal name, too.
7: That's how what's weird! How long until it just becomes a thing where we go, "Oh, that guy, he's a Kevin."
3: Oh, it's oh already, ha- that's already that's already a thing.
7: Yeah, that's, oh, a, thing. Well, that's I'm, a thing. I'm late to the
3: party. <laughs> there's even a There's even a Reddit group on dumb things people named Kevin do. You know, or annoying friends named Kevin. or okay. whatever
2: it's Okay, so I have a I have a follow up on that.
3: Okay. Yes. are there any Reddit
2: groups for any other name?
3: you know um, dumb
2: things that people named Steve. I mean I think Kevin
3: is the catch all <laughs> okay, that's it, what it I'm afraid of All right but I mean there are it's it's weird I'd love to know how it started because there are obviously some very good Kevins you know there's you know there's Kevin Costner for instance Yeah there's Kevin Spacey. He'll never Come do anything on. bad. <laughs> Come on. Now. Kevin Eubanks from the Tonight Show Band. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin Richardson from the Backstreet Boys. I mean, there are some Kevins who are respected and admired. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart.
6: Mm-hmm. Oh, right.
3: Right. Yep. Racist guy, right. <laughs> or, or is he the homophobic one? Which one is he? I can't keep him straight anymore. I think he was the homophobic one. Uh, you know what? Now that you mentioned it, a couple of the celebrity Kevins have had their
7: troubles too, haven't they? I don't get it. It's uh, it's spreading, Kevin. Yeah. Look out. It's just, a ma- it's just a matter of time before your scandal breaks. Well, I got plenty of them,
2: so <laughs>
3: just pick one and let's get it over with. That uh, <laughs> tiny munchkin voice is our friend Brad Williams, once again filling in for Allie McKay. She has, uh, she's been out sick. We have been in contact with her. We are hope she's going to be due back to tomorrow, is the plan anyway. But we'll see how it goes. But Brad, we uh, let me say in advance, we appreciate you very much uh, stepping in today on short notice. So
7: I'm not a permanent employee. I um, mean, technically, you're pretty close. You I was still t- out of time I, sheet. I was told I was going to get health care. That's the only reason why I'm here. <laughs> let's uh, let's see if Allie recovers. There, there <laughs> may be a there may be a slot open. <laughs> All right, here's the uh, here's the thing
3: today, and I find this uh, fascinating. I'm really, it's weird. I, I I don't watch a lot of the medical shows on TV, and I should um, the, the real life medical ER shows. I really should because I am fascinated with uh, with surgery, and I'm fascinated with medicine. I'm fascinated with the things that doctors do and stuff that comes in through the doors that they have to deal with. Uh, here's a gunshot victim that arrived at a trauma center in British Columbia and doctors thought it was going to be a pretty straightforward case she was a 39 year old woman she was even responsive at first she was talking she had been shot at close range with a shotgun (sighs) but again it looked like something that they were going to be able to handle she didn't seem it didn't seem life threatening at all bullet fragments had lodged in her chest and her abdomen but none appeared life threatening they did x-rays and found a variety of metal around the patient's body they thought it was a Uh, Keys and cell phones and the like. Uh, Doctors figured those were items inside the pockets of the jacket she was wearing, but they weren't. It was some other metal inside her body that they couldn't figure out. The woman's breathing began deteriorating rapidly. She was immediately intubated, rushed into an operating room where where doctors made an alarming discovery after they cut into her body. This doesn't involve a giant, like... Animal or something does it? Sometimes it does. Oh, you know. please tell me sometimes no. it's a it's a tapeworm, yeah, but this is metal. Kevin. okay when the surgeons opened her, quote, this thing just literally sprang up ninety degrees, said the anesthesiologist at the on the case. It appeared to be a metal wire sharply curved, measuring half chest in length, but no one could positively identify it at first. Robo tapeworm. The surgeon thought it might be some kind of a detonation device. They summoned in a nearby police officer. Police officer examined the wires said it didn't look like any sort of explosive he was familiar with. Still, they began to evacuate the operating room out of an abundance of caution. All right, so wait, so she did get shot? Yes. And then they discovered all of this after? All of this metal uh-huh. in her body after the fact, yes. Yes. Yeah, she was shot at close range with a shotgun... Uh, bullet fragments in her chest and abdomen, but what's all this other mem- uh, metal? Now they've already evacuated the emergency room. They've already called in the bomb squad. What was it?
2: What was the metal that was in her? That shot up 90
7: degrees. Uh, the television antenna? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Television antenna. It's on the board. <laughs> Look. I'm just going to
3: say it's not that. Um, we <laughs> we surveyed 100 people. Yeah. Is television antenna on the board? What could it? A piece of metal. What could it be?
2: I don't know. A sword.
3: <laughs> as the uh, as just the a transformer operating room was being evacuated, a nurse came in and said, "Hey, that's an underwire from a bra." What? The doctor took a closer look at the patient's clothing, which had been hastily removed only after she'd become unstable and was rushed into the operating room. And sure enough, the wire from her bra was missing. Doctors later speculated that the force of the shotgun pellets had propelled the underwire into her body, where it did incredible damage. I couldn't believe the sharpness on those edges on the underwire, said the doctor. It was like a scythe, truly. Is it scythe or scythe, by the way, or scythe?
7: You're... you're not talking to the
3: right I people. I think Sid, so, but I don't know. I think yeah. Sid, so too. Specifically, the bra wire horizontally, horizontally transected the patient's stomach in half, took off the left lobe of her liver, lacerated her diaphragm, and nicked her aorta. Holy crap. Wow. <insects> Partial liver resurrection and near total gastrectomy. Gastrect. Uh, gastric. gastric gastro Gastrectomy. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that? I think I was right the first time. I think it's a gastrectomy. We're required to control the bleeding. Although the patient did make a complete recovery, she spent nearly two weeks in the intensive care unit, and the injuries that threatened her life were caused by the bra wire, not the bullet fragments. There's no question in anyone's minds that wearing the underwire bra was what exponentially increased her injury pattern.
2: That is insane.
3: It's a crazy case. I mean, look, look, look. I care about the ladies, and I have advocated for years... To do away with bras. I mean, that has been my... Because sure. Sure. they're a danger. They're good. That's sure. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's been the hill I've been willing to die on. I know it's been unpopular, <laughs> but I've said, ladies, with the bras already, stop it. You're a modern you're a human, feminist, Being You're a human target out there. What are you mm-hmm. doing? <laughs> I would just that's like to present this as, as further evidence that I was right
7: again. This it, seems like one of those news stories where they go like, is your bra killing you? <laughs> sure. Watch yes, at does. 11.
2: It's 9 a.m. <laughs> 11 p.m. tonight. Yeah.
3: Hey, what if it kills me between now and 11 p.m.? (laughs) (laughs) A little heads up now, maybe. Uh, They did research medical literature for similar similar cases and found only one, an incident from around 50 years ago, where it happened in France, a similar story in France. So it doesn't happen often, but ladies, you can't be too careful. Can't risk it. So I'm saying leave that bra on the table by the front door before you leave the house today, and you'll live the rest of the day. (laughs) (laughs) That's some pretty good advice. Let's talk about today's Kevin and Bean show, shall we?
2: The last thing we need to do is to monkey this up. We have uh, Gavin Rosdale coming in studio. Hell yeah, from Bush. Love him. Love him too.
7: Nicest guy in the world. He sure is. I have I have never met him before, so nice. I'm very excited. It's
2: it was crazy. He was at an event yesterday for um for Marvel's movie, mm-hmm. and he was walking around shaking everybody's hand like like people who were working there. He would walk up to them and just say, "Just want to say thanks." Really, wow. something, yeah,
3: good dude. So well, the rap on him has always been he's great to his fans, great to everybody, right. just a genuinely nice guy, and he's been doing it a long time. Yeah, and he doesn't have to be nice anymore, but he still is. Um, what do we do now with Michael Jackson's music? <sighs> we talked about it a little bit during what's happening yesterday, but I think yeah. today we need to open it up. Now that both uh, episodes of Leaving Netherland have uh, had air, have aired, and maybe some people's opinions have changed. When you go to the next wedding and they put on Billy Jean, do mm-hmm. you dance? Do you feel good about it? Or does it does it seem icky? I guess that's what we're gonna discuss.
7: Yeah, that's a weird, weird discussion. And I don't think there's a simple answer, but uh, I, I think no one's better qualified than us Didn't to you? to make a ruling. That's how we usually do.
2: Yeah. We're completely unqualified, and we rule definitively. <laughs>
7: <laughs> that's our talent. And we can we're, be president. Dug in,
2: we're dug in on our opinion. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. No one could change our mind. Uh, and from Captain Marvel, uh, I got to interview Brie Larson, Ooh. Samuel L. Jackson, wow. Clark Gregg, Holy moly. and Ben Mendelsohn. He's a baddie. He is a baddie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got that for you coming up this morning at 7 o'clock as well. So we'll take a break. We will come back with what's happening next.
3: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock. So glad we got through that Monday yesterday because Brad, uh, you know, God bless him. You mean Dr. For Doom? Yeah. He, he, uh, he was filling in for Ali yesterday, and it wasn't his fault, but everything in the news was bad news. And I thought, well, you know, we survived it. Now it's a new, fresh day, and I'm excited that Brad is back, and now he can do what he really does, which is to entertain. Yes. And to make us laugh. Yes. And to make us happy and to bring us glad tidings.
7: That's right. What do you got? That's what we do. All right, here we go. Uh, First story. Oh, come on! (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) (sighs) This happened right as we got off the air. Yesterday, um, actor Luke Perry passed away. And for anyone who grew up in the 90s, this is, I mean, you, you, you say grew up in the 90s, but at the same time, he's the dad on Riverdale. Yeah. So he's, be- he's beloved by two generations of TV watchers, at least. And this came as a shock to everyone. It was, it was one of those gut punchers. But then at the same time, like, uh, it, w- it was, I think, Last week, uh, last you, Wednesday, yeah, yeah, last Wednesday, he suffered a stroke and stroke, They called it a
3: massive stroke, a massive stroke. Which is what scared me? Yeah, he never came out of the coma.
7: And strokes are one of those things where, uh, when they happen, they could lead to this, and or you could be fine. You don't know. Yeah. And it just depends on the size of the stroke. It depends on how how it affects you, how you respond to it. And Luke, let me tell you, I, let me just well.
3: piggyback on your comment there, Brad, because it yeah. uh, didn't make uh, much news, but the legendary rock and roller Jerry Lee Lewis, who's well into his mid 80s, yeah. also had a stroke this week. He's going to be fine. Yeah. He's in his mid 80s, had a stroke, and he's going to be fine. Luke Perry. Fifty-two right. to kill them. So they're very unpredictable and so tragic yeah. and so sudden.
7: Uh, Colin Hanks shared a really great Luke Perry story on Twitter. That's nice. Friend of the show, I love uh, Colin. Colin Hanks, and uh, what he said is that he was on an airplane one time, and uh, there were two two children that were fighting and screaming and crying the whole time. And I mean, we've all been on planes where that's happened, and everyone just kind of goes, "Oh boy." Like this is everyone's miserable. Haul. Yeah, and the parents are miserable too because they're trying, but it's but it's not working. And these kids scream for about an hour, and all of a sudden, out of first class, pops in Luke Perry and says, "Shut up!" <laughs> takes out two balloons from his pocket. What makes makes them into a shape? Kind of does a kind of does a clown routine. Is he a clown? Yeah. Gives the balloons to the kids. They shut up for the rest of the flight. If I were on that plane, I would, I would have applauded. <laughs> Stand, standing, standing, standing o. o, that's amazing. Colin Hank says to Luke Perry, like, "Where did you, do, where did you learn that?" And he goes, and uh, apparently Luke Perry says, "A, it's a game changer, and B, he says <laughs> he takes balloons on every flight for that purpose." Is that right? Yeah. And I just thought, I mean, we all know him from Beverly Hills, 90210, and from Riverdale. But I thought that was a really nice story that really kind of sums up who this guy was as a person. Yeah. He was genuinely
3: kind. He's Mm -hmm. one of those guys who there was so much love on social media from people who knew him, met him, worked with him, and everybody just loved that dude. Yeah.
7: Everybody loved that dude. Okay. Okay, we, we got through it, everybody. So that's you bringing us good news today? Uh, sorry, well, well, well we, we got through that one, so okay. let's see. That, okay. that should be the only thing a bet. Okay, good. What, King Kong Bundy died? <laughs> oh, come on. Come on! Brad. <laughs> Brad. King Kong Bundy! I'm sorry, I don't do you do know it? who that is. Wrestler! Oh, okay. King Kong Bundy! He, he was in the first WrestleMania. King Kong Bundy! <laughs>
3: And the second, right? did he wrestle he, Hulk Hogan He wrestled second? Hulk
7: Hogan! King Kong Bundy! <laughs> King Kong Bundy. I don't
2: feel the same passion that Luke Perry had. There.
7: You know what? It, it, it is. I I kind of braced myself for it because yesterday, um, a, after Keith from Prodigy and, I, and after Luke Perry, I go, here we go. We're going to hear someone that goes like, oh, they, they, it always happens in threes. I hate those people. Oh, it, It's happening in threes. At any point, it's if you search far enough, you're like, ah, the fifth lead from The Wizard of Oz died. See, yeah,
3: you'll find something. <laughs> yeah, some actor from Sanford and Son died this week. There's your third.
7: Yeah. So and and uh, and obviously, we're not downplaying the deaths of these people, were to, to whom their loved ones or to whom their fans meant a lot. But yeah, uh, King Kong Bundy died. He was 61 years old. Uh, six for four, four hundred and fifty-eight pounds. Wow. Uh one of the fastest victories in WrestleMania history. WrestleMania won he 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 won his match in nine seconds. His finisher wow. was the Avalanche splash. King Kong Bucky! Hey upbeat. Yeah. I don't
3: think I like Brad doing what's happening. I know. <laughs> we need somebody with better news, Brad. All right. Look, your material's great on stage, but <laughs> here on the radio, it needs some work, son.
7: I'm talking King Kong Bundy, though. Okay. Right, we we got just...
3: it. King Kong Bundy, yes. Okay. We're very sad.
7: And uh, let's see. Any more bad news I can bring to you? Oh, Please, no. Uh, Yep. Here's one. Blink-182 is probably going to break up soon. Don't don't put that out there. Why? Because Why one you? of their members is dating uh wh- whatever this family touches turns to crap. Kardashian. Travis Barker is dating is rumored to be dating Courtney Kardashian. So Travis will will be strong enough to work right through that. I mean, the man has survived a plane crash, mm-hmm. but can he survive the Kardashians?
2: I'm saying yes.
7: I mean, we all hope so. Fingers crossed. I mean, give the drummer some. Here's what I'm going to say
3: about Travis. On the surface. Our initial reaction would be, for anybody else, would be, run. Get the hell out of there. Don't have anything to do with it. Travis Mm -hmm. has got a pretty good uh, radar yeah, and a pretty good read on people, and he only associates with good people. He only associates with kind and nice people. That's just who he is.
2: And I'll take it a step further. He's probably going to make the Kardashians better. Yeah. Before wow, he is- realizes that he needs to get, <laughs> so he's like the penicillin
7: that's going <laughs> to pretty much. The
3: Kardashians? I think so. I think so. I, I mean, think you, this you, is a win. Yeah. Two.
7: I mean, uh, here's the thing: they they've known each other for years, and their and their kids are friends, so you can kind of see how this could slowly sure. be something. But then at the same time, I will say this: Courtney, if you watch the Kardashians, if you watch the Kardashians, she, t- t- despite Scott Disick, is the quote-unquote good one, I think so too. Like you don't hear too many things about her. She's a good mom, and uh, so our best. And and I I swear, Blink is fine. If, if Courtney Yoko owns Blink One Eighty Two, not gonna happen. I will burn this mother down. Not gonna happen. <laughs> you can't even reach this mother. <laughs> I will fight you. Uh, let's get to some celebrity birthdays. Despite all the bad news, these stars hopefully are having a, a happy day. One of friend, our best friends of the show, magician Penn Jillette, it's his birthday today, Eva Mendez. Eva Mendez. All the bells. Where are the bells? We don't do bells anymore, Brad. But
3: she yeah, deserves she, bells. She's, she's, she does. It. Yeah. Astonishingly beautiful. All the bells. And who's uh, she married to? She's married to somebody. She was Ryan to Gosling. Yeah, that's right.
2: Just those two?
7: Yeah, just those <laughs> two making gorgeous kids. Yep. <laughs> uh, fellow dwarf Kevin Connolly from Entourage. Uh, it's his birthday today. And the reason why we should all be celebrating, the reason why no matter what bad news is happening, it will never be a bad day. It is Eddie Grant's birthday today. Oh, oh.
8: Come on! Electric Can't be in a bad Avenue. mood, right? We'll
7: Eddie
6: Grant,
7: higher. singer from Electric Avenue. Come on! It is your birthday. You celebrate. I'm Brad Williams filling in for Alan McKay, and that's what's happening.
3: It's Kevin and B!
7: K U K. U. Rock.
3: We need to revisit a topic that we spoke with Brad yesterday, filling in for Ali on what's happening about Leaving Never the, uh, Neverland, the uh, HBO documentary that has uh, caused so much uh, discussion as we uh, kind of revisit the case of Michael Jackson versus the kids. Um, he's been gone 10 years now already, by the way. Wow, wow. And that may change the way some people feel about it because he's no longer around. This isn't a Kevin Spacey situation where you go, well, there's a dude that needs to be punished. You know what I mean? There's nothing you can do to Michael Jackson. He's gone. But the discussion that we were having yesterday on the air, and we decided it was worth bringing back today, was about you, the listener. How do you feel about listening to Michael Jackson music now? It's such a big part of all of our lives, whether we ever put it on ourselves or not. You're not going to there's not going to come a time where you don't encounter Michael Jackson because he's one of the biggest, most popular musical artists
7: in the history of the world.
2: We always say, can you separate the artist from the person? Mm -hmm. And in some cases, it's not possible.
7: Yeah. I mean, look at what's happening with Facebook. Facebook proven to be like so much stuff that they've done wrong. And yet we're all just like, all right, I'm going to (laughs) keep using it. I mean, All good. United Airlines dragged that guy off the airline. Everyone's like, oh, I'll never fly United again. But everyone's flying United because they have to. And I think Michael Jackson sort of crosses into that area where it's like he's just a part. He's a part of human life. He, he's that famous. Yeah. It's yeah. hard to avoid it. But you and
2: know,
3: what, you know who's still here are the victims. Correct. And so that's what makes it difficult for me. Right. That does make it that does make a difference because uh you know I mentioned yesterday Bing Crosby was my example and every, everybody's dead in the in the stories of his child you know he abused his kids yeah. badly but they're all gone so mm-hmm. can we enjoy white christmas now Charles Dickens was a terrible person he cheated on his wife with an 18 year old and then had his <clears throat> perfectly healthy wife convict uh, committed to an insane asylum to get rid of her She ended up eventually getting out and dying penniless. But that doesn't mean we're not going to watch a Christmas carol. You know what I mean? We're not going to read the great Charles Dickens books. I mean, we do tend to look past the bad parts of an artist when it comes to wanting to enjoy their artistry. But Michael Jackson is a completely different case. Brad, you mentioned yesterday Chris Brown has been canceled for you. There's no way you ever voluntarily listen to a Chris Brown song.
7: I can't, but yet I can listen to a Frank Sinatra song who allegedly did some of the same stuff. Mm -hmm. So, and and I know that's hypocritical. And, I mean, my defense is that Frank Sinatra's music was way better than Chris Brown's music. (laughs) But...
2: in, well I mean that's the same in this case where yes. Michael Jackson has maybe one of the best albums of all time Yeah, yeah
7: where
3: so. where you just And still look the, at the best art. selling album of all time. Yep. Um mm. if Alley were here and RIP Alley by the way we missed her. Sure um, just
2: sick she'll be back. Yep.
3: She she has a very black no pun intended Michael Jackson black and white policy on this which mm-hmm. is when she learns about the people that are you know doing the bad things you know, whether it's a Kevin Spacey or whether it's an R. Kelly, she just cuts them out of her life. And she, there's no gray area. doesn't matter how much she enjoys them. She, she did it with the New England Patriots. She got to the point where the Patriots, she's like, look, I don't like the way they're running their organization. I don't like the way they, you know, the way they treat domestic violence. I don't like the way they, you know, they are uh, ignoring the, the, the brain injuries of their players. I'm, she's a lifelong Patriots fan. She's like, I'm done with him. And she didn't ha- didn't watch a single game last season. Yeah, not just them, the whole NFL. Yeah, the whole NFL. So she's able to do that. Most of us aren't. Most of us aren't willing to give up something that we really, really enjoy just because it gives us some icky feelings about something that that person did. So we want to take your calls and find out if, especially this week with Leaving Neverland, if it has changed your mind on how you feel about Michael Jackson. You go to a wedding. You hear a little bit of this come up
9: do.
3: Does everybody walk off the dance floor now? That's what I'm wondering. Or does everybody say, ooh, Michael Jackson, problematic, but man, listen to that. How could I not get out there and shake that ass? You know, what do you, what do, you do? How do you feel about it?
7: Well, because I don't think it's going to ever bring you the same joy that it did before now that these details it will be the first thing in your
2: mind when you
7: hear a song yeah as you're you're dancing to it smiling you're like ah that was messed up (laughs) (laughs)
3: Uh, and as i mentioned yesterday by the way does it apply to all michael jackson songs can you still enjoy the jackson five if you hear i want you back or abc when he's 11 he wasn't doing any of that stuff yeah. although he was having that stuff done to him if you believe you know some of the stories about his father but do you, is that okay so i don't know man there's a lot of gray area there but this is where we kind of need to hear from you are your feelings about michael jackson changing as a result of the new the new reports on the hbo documentary or did your your feelings change a long time ago because you know when the trials happened and the payoffs happened you decided back then that there was no more Michael Jackson in your life. There
2: are a lot of people who just assumed that he was guilty of everything he was being charged with. Mm-hmm. Yep. And seems like may have been right.
3: Yeah. When but they made that decision yeah, a long time
7: ago. Yeah. Right. When, when you're paying people more than $20 million to go away. To go
3: away. Yeah. All right, let's take one call before the break, and we'll get to as many of you as we can at 1-800-520-1067. I think this is an interesting, and I think it's an important topic, too, uh, because it does seem like every week or two, somebody else comes up with something bad that we have to then decide how we're going to handle that person if it's a public figure. Lee is up first. She's in Silver Lake, and she joins the conversation on The Kevin and Show. Hi, Lee. Thanks for listening and for calling. Hey, how are you? Good, thank you. Good. What do you think?
0: Well... Um, back in the day, in the 90s, whenever the first the first kid um, <clears throat> said um, about Michael Jackson, you know, accused him, uh, he claimed that he had a spotted penis. Well, he had vitiligo and I had vitiligo, and that's the first area that hits is your genitals and your hands. And so your you
2: believed the guilt then?
0: Back then, yeah. absolutely. I knew it without a doubt. And okay. can
2: you listen to his music?
0: Yes, I can. And, and and I love his music. We all
3: love his music. That's yeah. what makes this one particularly difficult. So how do you I'm, I'm do you just compartmentalize it
0: in your mind? I'm a dancer, right? Hey, okay. so I dance. Same That's one thing. So, well, that it's different. It's different for me. I hear music. I can't not move. It's like same. It's yeah,
7: dance or die. So.
3: <laughs> so. You're just willing to say I'm going to accept that he's a terrible human and a child molester, but I still respect and appreciate and love his art. And that's okay. You can you can make that that uh, distinction in your mind.
0: I can because I pretty much know that everybody has a dark side. Not as dark as his, but we got some darkness and you know, no one's perfect. So You know, I kind of go that route. I don't think no one's perfect
3: applies when it comes to child molestation. I don't think you go, you know what? Pretty good guy, except for touching kids. Right. Yeah. I think you got to draw the line somewhere. But thank you. We appreciate the call, Lee. 1 800 520 1067. Quick break. Back with your calls next on K Rock.
7: Kevin and Bean on K Rock.
0: K K R O Q. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
2: With all the information that's coming out about Michael Jackson and the child molestation, can you separate the artist from the music?
7: It's a difficult call.
2: <laughs> Let's go to Christy and Ladero Ranch. Hi.
0: No, um, I was just telling them
9: that um, I I had I can't separate them. I can separate him when it was um, like Dean said Jackson Five and even off the wall because I think that that's before he got into his weirdness. Uh-huh. Um, you know, so I'm fine with that. But you know, Thriller and everything thereafter after, I, I I can't listen to. Uh-huh. I, you know, I boycott I boycott Jackson Brown, R. Kelly, um, and Chris Brown because I don't believe in what they've done and I won't support it. So. Uh, But the the previous music, I think that was before he became weird and a
3: pedophile. This is so interesting to me. So how about Chris Brown? Because Chris Brown had a lot of music before he beat up Rihanna. Can you listen to any of that?
0: Uh, No, because I don't really like it anyway. Oh, okay. (laughs) There you go. By the way, it's easy
3: to boycott stuff you don't like. I will tell you that. (laughs) I don't like that music. I'm not going to listen to it. Great. (laughs) All right. So you've got a cutoff point. That's an interesting way to handle it, Christy. Thank you so much for the call. There's a Billboard magazine poll that they put up yesterday that has a couple of thousand votes right now. Will you stop listening to Michael Jackson's music after the leaving Neverland accusation? Yeah, and
2: I don't know if you've seen this HBO show yet, but it's yeah. uh, very, very troubling. Yeah, it's the of course it's, it's course. like the yeah. it's like the victims of him talking about right. it. And it
7: boy, it's, and it's rough, and it's detailed. Yeah. It's not. It's not skating over it yep. because, because sometimes and we found this out during the Me Too movement, when you hear the words sexual assault, that could mean any number of things. Yeah, they yeah. tell you exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah.
3: and you. It's, it's troubling. Easy, it's easy for you in your mind to think, yeah, it was sexual assault, but how bad was it? But then you find out how bad it was. Yeah. Uh, will you stop listening to Michael Jackson's music after the uh, leaving Neverland accusations? Only seventeen percent. In the billboard polls, say yes. I wonder if
2: it makes a huge difference that he's dead, that you're not supporting somebody who should be in prison or somehow paying his debt, but he's dead. I Mm -hmm. think
3: that's a fantastic point because I think of what drives a lot of these other boycotts is you want justice. Right. Like in this case, you can't. Exactly. In this case, you can't get justice. We'll go right back to your phone calls. Let me read this email from Susan, Kevin Bean Lister in Virginia. I'm listening to what you guys are talking about today. I watched some of Leaving Neverland. I will no longer listen to Michael Jackson. It is immoral to support his estate. When there is demonstrable evil, we must say no. I love his music and I love the video for thriller, of course. I will do my best to never patronize his material, no matter that it hurts me. To say no to evil is more important than the joy I take in his product. This is a personal decision. It turns out that Michael's
7: terrible behavior is greater than the joy of his art. Wow. Jeez, can that can the author of that email be my publicist? That right? was that was amazing. Well
3: said do you agree 1-800-520-1067 let us go to eric moreno valley up next line five on the kevin me show hey eric what's going on man hey guys uh how's it going good thank you what do you do with michael jackson music
5: so uh i'll do this kind of hard uh, kind of fast because it's uh it's kind of hard but as a survivor myself um from somebody that was really close to my family and somebody that i have to deal with pretty consistently i from a victim's perspective um I have to boycott yeah Michael yeah. Jackson even his early stuff because just the name alone is going to um, remind you of what happened and uh, I mean you can only imagine as a victim when these things happen and it's somebody famous it's going to be talked about constantly a, and
7: going to be an ho- reminder
2: What a horrible thing you had to go through Eric
5: yeah
7: and and that and that's something that uh in Eric unfortunately your story isn't that unique and that there's so many victims out there that are now going through this and they're replaying stuff that happened to them because it, of this. It, yeah, it, I was it's it it's just this cycle this hard, of abuse. Is this hard for
3: you when it's back in the news or does it give you some comfort knowing that it's you know, that people are fighting back and that bad people are, are being taken down?
5: Uh, it's a little bit on both sides, you know. Uh, it, it's really hard because it's that reminder that there's monsters out there that it happens, and it could be somebody close to you, or it could be somebody famous that you're supposed to trust. Yeah. But it's also nice seeing, you know, this rise from people, this strength, uh, this resurgence of "I'm not a victim," mm-hmm. and that is that definitely helps on the, on that kind of day to day basis. That I'm not alone, and, and there are people out that have been through well, this. You're this, certainly not you. Been,
3: you have our complete uh, respect and, uh, and thanks for calling in today. We really appreciate it. 1-800-520-1067. All right, let's go to Corona and say hi to Jen Line 6. I have a feeling that, uh, that last brave caller may change some people's minds, too. Hey, Jen.
9: Hi, how are you guys?
3: We are
2: good. What do you do with Michael Jackson Music?
9: You know, I used to be a huge fan. I used to stay up when they had the big premieres and, you know, watch it on TV. And, you know, when the first accusations came out, like everybody else, I thought they were just doing it for money. But after watching that documentary, um, listening to you guys talk about it yesterday, I was like, oh, listen to it. And I tell you, man, it was gut wrenching to listen to those men
6: yeah. speak about
9: how the sexual abuse and the details and the tears. And then they have sons themselves. And I just can't condone listening to Michael Jackson anymore because he caused so much pain. Amazing artist, I'm not taking that away from him. But I just can't. I mean, I'm a mother and I have children, and I just, I just can't imagine. You know that and these people trusted them and they broke up families and it was it was really hard to watch yes
7: yeah. was. it was very hard and that hard. And, and that's one of the things that you find out when you have uh the crime of sexual abuse is there's never I, 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 there, there's never one victim it's perpetual when that when, when that happens it spreads out that person goes throughout their lives and that trauma is oftentimes passed on to other people and that's what's so so horrible about the yeah. crime
3: Jen, let me ask you this question, because um, I just got this from Steve Covina, 626. I think the boycott thing is ridiculous. He's dead. No harm can come to him by boycotting him. That being said, I'm not saying he was a good human, but the boycott doesn't do anything. What do you think to th- about that?
9: I think, of course, you know, all the money still goes to the Jackson family, you know, I and mean, then it's really not even—I wouldn't say the money; it's the principle of it. It's the principle of that these men, and we don't even know all the other people that haven't come out. I mean, there—you see that, like families were broken up, people have died, and you know, um, you know, they projected and worried about their own children and scared sure. and manipulated. And I mean, that's the thing, and I think they're brave for coming out so that. Other children can see that they this is not okay, and he used his power and his fame to manipulate not only these little boys but the families right. and the, the, the turmoil, the mothers who blame themselves and all that. It's just it's horrific.
3: But what about Tito? That's, I guess, what I'm saying. That's my point. Is it fair to Tito? How's he going to eat? How's Tito going to eat? I mean, how's Tito
7: going to eat? I mean, I get the point, man.
9: I mean, what are you going to do about Tito? What are you going to do about Tito? (laughs) Hashtag, how's Tito going to
7: (laughs) eat? It's the Kevin and Bean Show. Okay, you
3: rock. If there's no Brie Larson in this segment, I'm going to burn this mother down. There's Brie
2: Larson. <laughs> okay. So here's the thing. Yesterday at Tower Records on Sunset, nice. they uh, made it all up for Captain Marvel. It was a big uh, press thing. They did a and a on Twitter. They had some music there. Bush played. Uh, we're going to have Gavin in next hour. Mm-hmm. I hope downtown Julie Brown was there. She was there. <laughs> wubba, wubba. She was uh, moderating the uh, Twitter Q&A, Bean. Oh. Well, she is the voice of the 90s. And she spent most of the time talking about herself.
7: <laughs> okay. Well, um, there's so much to say.
2: So after the Twitter Q&A, we were, went back to a trailer. And Brie Larson and Samuel Jackson and Clark Gregg and Ben Mendelsohn came walking into the trailer. And nice. we got we got to spend some time with them. And it was fun. Sitting here with the cast of Captain Marvel. Hey,
4: guys. How Good are you? Good morning. Good day. Good day.
2: Ben Bree, Sam Clark, welcome. I sort of hate being at the end of the whole, I feel like I'm at the end of the cycle. you, I've watched you do one million interviews. Oh, come Why are you on.
11: watching all of our interviews,
4: dude? I just dude. thought,
2: oh, I'll just catch up. And then I Trying realized. Trying
4: a question no one's asked.
11: All right, let's talk. We're ab- still learning so much about each other. We've spent yeah. like a year together. Yeah. I, out, spent of years the million, with you. out of the million.
4: Out of the million. This is the first one this motherfucker's <laughs> How does he get out of it?
11: He had I a job.
4: Was... He, he, he claims he has a job in Atlanta. But you think we're he was lying? Sure.
11: No, because he got a little clammy know. when I brought it up to him, to him earlier. He got a little him, clammy.
4: He's in Atlanta, but he had no per diem in his pockets. Oh, so that's I don't true. believe I, that.
8: I, no, so you're lying. I wouldn't say lying. I would say Exaggerating. Acting. acting. You know, I'm acting like I've got a job. It's a different thing.
2: So, this movie comes out uh, Friday, March 8th, of course, which is International Women's Day. We always uh, play music that all lead singers are women on that day. And was that picked on purpose? I assume it was. Bree?
11: I mean, I I, I would hope so. It was planned three (laughs) years ago. So, yeah, I would hope. I mean, usually when you make a movie, everything's intentional.
2: This movie's set in the 90s. What kind of 90s stuff can we expect?
8: Blockbuster videos, computers. That's right. Tech.
2: Slow internet. Sure. Where it takes a half an hour to get a picture. Um they use technology to make you guys look younger? Don't look at her when you I'm not it. looking at her. I'm looking at you too. Uh,
11: I asked them to but they're little like little we're busy. We can't bit. help you. We <laughs> just took a no, nap and then we yeah, were
2: good. We Who took more technology? Which one of you? Be honest. Me.
3: I don't know.
11: I don't. You don't get, like, a report card you of that. They're not like, here's your you. mom a report card Same of, like, who needs to wear more
3: been, skin no. cream. I went into hair and makeup, and they all got really close to me, and they were like, oh, no. Oh, no. This <laughs> gonna is going to have to, have to, to be lot. digital. There's another song.
4: Okay. That I'm right missed, here. Man. Yeah, I'm, we missed them on whatever Lola wants. Lola, Lola gets. The process is Lola. Okay.
2: Let's talk about, for your training, I told my daughter that I was going to interview you, and she sent me... Twenty videos of you training and martial arts and doing all that stuff. And here's a question you've never been asked. She says she'll pay you twenty dollars to kick me in the head. And I said twenty bucks. That's yeah, it? 20 I think you have to do a lot for that bad than press that would come out. Enough.
11: You know what I mean? Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. At least double that. Oh no, more no? than that. Yeah. I mean, gosh, my publicist is having to work overtime to deal with that story. <laughs> it's going to cost a lot. <laughs> well, yeah. No, it wouldn't get out. Just oh really? My it's a private already, thing? Yeah, yeah. That's even weirder, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
8: I think the price just went
11: up.
2: Um, did any of you get injured in this movie?
11: No. I mean I got like cuts and bruises and things like that, but no, I didn't get anything. What did you call it the
4: injuries, you know?
11: No, but I mean it's Had not a bad like a
4: hangnail for like a week. Oh man
11: <laughs> What is the first what was it like the first
2: time you saw the special effects on yourself? Like You, you, Brie, you have a lot of special effects on What was it like the first time you saw? I don't know, like when you're flying and you can see... Oh, like when
11: I saw the trailer or whatever? Yeah.
2: Was it bizarre?
11: No, it's not. I mean, it's more bizarre from a technical point because some of that, it's like a full CG digi-double of me, so we didn't shoot anything.
6: Oh, interesting.
11: So you're kind of just seeing it for the first time. Mm. You're like, oh, that's what I do in that fight. That's cool. I didn't
2: know I did that. But,
11: you know, I feel like throughout this whole process, whether it's been like a poster or a toothbrush or the trailer, it doesn't feel like me at all. It just feels like a like a cartoon character that I'm looking at, so it doesn't make me feel much
2: Sam, you talked about um, learning to use a lightsaber and how different it was when you had the, the costume yeah. on, the robes and whatever, and how much harder that made it sort of, right. or limiting that made it to do that. And I wanted to know about
4: doing the, the stunts that you and guys did. I was just talking about that. I was thinking about that when you were talking about the suit. How much harder it's is It's
11: at least 40% harder with really? the suit on. Yeah, that's why you kind of, depending on the stunt, you kind of build yourself up to it. So like the... Um, there's the, I think it's in the trailer, I'm hanging upside down and I, I sort of break myself out of it. That was, there's you have to break it down. So we're going to shoot that for two days of me hanging upside down. You have to be prepared. So they got me an inversion table and they would time me every day. So before, when I got into the gym every day, they'd hang me upside down and they'd see how long I could hold and then how much rest time I needed and then kind of figure out what my max time was. And then you start with like a simpler rig of hanging upside down, just in like exercise clothes. And then you build yourself up to then doing it but with my hands restrained, and then doing it in part of the costume, and then doing it with the full costume. Because in particular, the chest piece is very hard, so it requires a lot of effort to be able to, because I'm pulling myself up. I'm pulling myself up with my own weight to to knock myself out. So it made it
4: 40% harder to do. At least,
11: at least, yeah.
4: Yeah. Superhero costumes are a lot more complex than most people think. Ben, what about you? Well,
6: that's,
8: it's, 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 it's same. the same deal, and they've got, like, we were, you know, we shot some of the film in, in summer in Louisiana, and that gets warm. But, yeah, they pump the cold water into the suit, so you don't die and stuff but that that you know <laughs> like, like just so, so you don't die because it
4: helps yeah, a lot of trial in there in there they killed a lot of people before they discovered it <laughs> yeah that.
8: and then and yeah. i was available and that was just lucky you I know? See. so i got the gig but the first day that I, one of the first days i worked was all that inversion stuff cuz you know we do that scrolls <laughs> we do scrolls that scrolls with that kind of people and you know Bree came out and i had to hang on this thing hang on this. you know it's Look, just as a guy that worked in film and seen, you know, plenty of stuff, it's very, very impressive. The skill set that was acquired by Ms. Larson, boom! Like, <laughs> oh,
11: a mic drop. He's really mic making up for City. the fact that he wasn't on the well, press tour at all. You, Where have you been?
6: You could have been my hype man yeah. for the last two months.
4: And I, I mean, there, there, there are any number of people in Hollywood who can shapeshift, but <laughs> all of them cannot shapeshift. And dramatically deliver and comedically deliver what Ben did.
2: That's nice. You guys True. actually seem to be having fun, which I love.
4: If you can't have fun, there's no point in doing it.
2: Well, I mean, there's a lot of times where you this can just is tell, our okay, life, man. We I gotta know, enjoy it. I know, but it's not a given on every set that everybody's getting along and having fun. Well, so that's stuff. It. It's nice to see you. You know, stuff. there's stuff. Like what, Sam?
4: Nobody likes everybody. <laughs> But (laughs) Are we talking about Clark? No. Hey! Hey. I'm I'm Just checking. Amazingly, out of of all the people on that set, Clark is the one that I've known the longest. Yeah? Yeah, because when I was shooting Pulp Fiction, when they were shooting Bruce and Uma and all these other people, I actually did a play here that Clark directed. No kidding. Like five blocks from here. Yeah, right. At the Cozy Amazing
3: Play. Won a lot of awards. Coach
4: Playhouse. He let me direct him like twice. It was amazing. It was
3: awesome.
2: (laughs) Uh, this movie is shrouded by secrecy, and a lot of you have worked in movies like that where it's like, oh, my God, you have to watch what you say in every single interview. People are trying to get anything they can out of you. Has anyone blown it at, at any point? Like, where No,
11: you just-, you just made stuff up.
4: I made stuff up. I said she could time travel one time
11: which was confusing for everyone.
2: Um, anything else you want to tell us about the movie? It's start, it's out this Friday. Very excited about it.
11: Okay, so now's my chance to just spoil it all for you. So, <laughs> what can we say? Travel, the how, whole thing. We just, what, how many bombs can we drop right oh, now? I can make
4: up some more.
2: By the way, I bought the time travel thing. I, I oh, thought okay. that was real. I saw it someplace. There also
4: a, I thought it was real. Also, a lot of a lot of really famous people wanted to be in this movie, but we couldn't hire Marvel. It was like, no, we don't need you guys. You uh-huh. know, we'll find something else for them. But... We did let a lot of them be scrolls. And is that right? That's what it is. Every scroll you see yes. has won an Oscar. Every scroll. That's, that's all we can tell you. They're all award winners, the but they're all the the scroll academy. Oh. Scroll
11: academy. Some are BAFTA winners. Couple we of BAFTA, BAFTA,
3: BAFTA winners. winners. Several nights we had to call the one. Sir.
11: W- one was actually right. on Cats. Right. Was it? It was a cat on Cats on on cat Broadway. On Broadway. Yeah. The original yeah. cast.
6: Absolutely.
2: The
11: London cast. Yeah.
2: Can I give a shout out to Marvel <laughs> real quick? Do you guys mind? Yeah, so Marvel. Every movie. It seems like a home run, and that's not a given. It's not like just because the last three were good, this one's going to be good. They somehow are able to keep all the characters and intermingle them and make it make sense and make it great.
11: What's it like working for a company like that?
4: Now We have ultimate faith in the stories when we read them. You know, you kind of go, okay, this is going to be boss.
11: That's what, I mean, but that's what it's about is like this, the story is good because to me, this is contemporary myth. So this is like telling very human stories. And I feel like we're able to talk about really deep concepts, whether it's just like human connection concepts or like global, even political concepts. And it's all through the guise of like aliens and space and stuff. So it's like a safer way of like looking at certain things, but it's also just entertaining. And they continue to to
4: evolve in an interesting way from Iron Man up. Every movie kind of has to be better than the last one, so you know.
2: But I'm saying that isn't a given and they do it. No, it's not. Somehow they do it. No, they keep expanding the world.
3: Then you you get Wakanda and you're like, oh my God, how'd they do that? And then they have this and I think they make amazing choices. The first time you see, oh, Sam's Nick Fury, oh my God. And then
4: Brie
1: as this character,
3: Skrullin. Yeah, they just keep hitting it out of the park with the well, cast. I got to
2: tell you, I'm really looking forward to it, and I appreciate the time today. And thank you guys. Hope for... the daughter has
4: a great time. You're gonna have. to have to buy.
11: check have out. Buy. Check out. See if you can name those scrolls. Yep.
3: Figure out who the celebrity. You can kind of tell by the body language which Oscar winner is it is. That right? <laughs> thank you guys.
8: It's the Kevin
11: and Bean Show.
7: K Rock. In for Ali. Here's Brad with what's happening on a Tuesday. Well. That's the sad news, and I'm tired of delivering sad news. Okay. Let's talk about some hot Hollywood debate. All right. What's going to happen? It's Spielberg versus Netflix. Who's going to win? Tale of the tape. Come on. What's the fight about? Steven Spielberg, little upset that uh, Netflix is now winning Oscars. The uh, film. Oh, he thinks purely movies in theaters? Yes. He is a very purebred filmmaker. But now, hold
3: on! Wait a minute! Hold on! <laughs> Didn't Netflix play by the Academy rules and yes, put they did. Roma in a theater for a week in 2018 as they needed to to qualify it for Oscar contention? Yep. Yes, they did. Yep. Okay. That's the Academy's rules, as far as I'm concerned. Netflix played yes. by the rules, and they won so, by the rules. So you're overruling
10: Steven Spielberg.
3: So, well, let's hear what his uh, let's hear what his his contention is. Well, right?
7: Spielberg wants to change the rules now. Oh, because he's mad that some other guy got a best director for a little Netflix film, Steven Spielberg, with your billions of dollars. And you're like, Brad, aren't you ruining your career by talking about Steven Spielberg on the air? (laughs) Probably. He's never going to cast me in anything. He's like... You're uh, welcome, Dinklage. I just got you more roles. He's like, you can stay off my lawn.
2: Yes. That's how I feel about him in this
7: one. He wants to have the movies uh, be required to stay in the theaters for at least a month. To most qualify. most movies don't make it that yes. long, do they? They're like two weeks, and then we're, we're on to the next one. That's
6: true.
7: I think this is this to me sounds like the people that are like, no, we got to stick with coal, but we have electric and solar coming. Right. Like it's like it's it's new technology. It's okay, better. But let,
3: but let me ask you guys this question: Do you yeah. feel that Kevin? You didn't see Roma, but obviously that was a big big movie for a lot of lot of people last year. But would you, do you feel that seeing? a movie on your television screen on Netflix is seeing a movie? Or does it not count in your mind as seeing a movie unless you actually get up and drive down to a theater and sit there and watch it on an, an 80-foot screen? To me, a movie's a
7: movie. Yeah, and I would argue that sometimes the experience at home can be better than the theater if you're going, like... Because, let's face it, movies are getting more and more expensive. Snacks, parking, sure. the whole thing. For, for some people, that could be... Really, that, that could be really tiresome on the budget. So you stay home. Uh, t- TVs are nicer than ever. They're cheaper than ever, and now you, you can get Picture's a great, better, sounds better than yeah, ever. Yeah, you, you can get a great film experience at, at home. And I'll say this: there's a lot of movies that I. Are wa- that I'm watching now because they're on Netflix. Right. I you, would never... You didn't
2: see them in the theater. Yeah. But you're interested enough to watch it
7: now. Roma is not the type of movie that I would leave my house, park, get food, get all that, and sit in a the theater to watch Roma in the theater. I would well, never do that. Mexicans is what I've heard. That's what I've heard Build a wall. That's what I have tattooed on my tramp <laughs> tram. okay? But, <laughs> all but you saw say, it and you loved it. Yes. But I saw it. It was, it was it was it was very artful, and I and I truly enjoyed the movie. But okay. and I would never have watched it if it was just in the theaters.
3: Uh, what do you guys think? Steven Spielberg is the eight hundred pound gorilla. He's still the biggest, and That's best racist. director of all time. What do you guys think? Uh, where do you think Hollywood will come down on this? I think, I think they're going to yeah. be team Netflix because I think yeah, Netflix I, is paying a ton of money and yeah. giving tons of exposure to lots of movies that never otherwise
7: would have been seen. And I think
2: he loses
3: this one. I every so week,
7: too. every week you're seeing new actors that you thought were strictly going to be, you know, and they're going on to Netflix. I know uh, Ben Affleck has a Netflix movie coming out, you know, mm-hmm. and and I think this is just kind of the wave of the future. And yep. it's just kind of what you have to adjust to. I agree. Do I have time for one more quick story? Sure. sure. All right. Because I love this story. All right. Let's say you're on you're on vacation, right? Okay. And you're out, and let's say you're in Iceland, and there's an iceberg that is perfectly shaped like a throne. Okay. What do you do? Sit in it and take you, pictures. You sit in it and take photos, of right? Course. Well, that's what this family did, and they got their lovely grandmother to sit in the iceberg throne, and they're going to take some pictures of Nani. That's what they call her, mm-hmm. Nani. But then global warming kicks in.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> the
7: iceberg... <laughs> breaks away. Oh, no. And Nani's going out to sea. Oh, no. This is a colossal disaster. What do you do? She's going out to sea. Yes, yeah, she's floating away on the iceberg throne. I would say, night we, a- we had a good run. Bye-bye, <laughs> <laughs> Nani. Bye. Bye, <laughs> Thankfully, there was a guy in a boat that <laughs> happens to see Grandma floating by on the throne. Wow. And picks her up and brings her back. But I think the craziest part is that if you search for this story, uh, the grandmother's son, her son, kept taking photos as she's floating out to it. sea. He should have. <laughs> That's awesome. Gotta, this is the last we're going to see of Nana. Got to do it for the likes, Nana. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the hello. You know, I mean, come on now, right? Just, <laughs> I, so I just be it. careful. Just be careful when you're out there. You don't want you don't want to lose Grandma. Although I will say, once your Grandma starts floating out to sea. My stance, Viking funeral. <laughs> All right. Take out some bows and arrows, light them on fire. What more honorable way to go out? But uh, I just saw that story. I loved it. That's pretty funny. Look it up. See the photos. Oh, the panic in Grandma's face. She's fine. She's fine. Imagine She's back the, home. She's imagine a okay. guy
2: in the boat that sees a grandma <laughs> sitting on a throne floating in the ocean. Imagine. He must have thought, did I?
7: Mer- Mushrooms this morning? Mermaids are real. <laughs> What's happening? They're old, but they're real. Let's get to some celebrity birthdays, shall we? Penn Gillette, it is his birthday today. Eva Mendes' his birthday today. Kevin Connolly, but that's not the one that we care about. We care about the singer of Electric Avenue, Eddie Grant.
8: Oh, no, we gonna rock down to You're welcome. We'll it song's going to be stuck in
7: my head all day. We'll As well it could be. Brad, avenue. do you remember Eddie Grant's other big hit? We'll I mean, don't we all? The <laughs> move it like it. Uh, he had, I don't he know did any Thebes song for the Michael Douglas film Romancing the Stone oh God don't we all just know that one that was his other one like <laughs> yeah, well, no I mean s- I mean sing it if you know it people right <laughs> Hey, now, you're yeah. now
8: you know what
7: now that you bring it up I do remember rock. that <laughs> <laughs> I Brad Williams filling in for Ali McKay
12: and that's what's happening
8: <laughs> it's the Kevin and Bean show hey rock.
12: Up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast.
10: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. So start looking in the right place with LinkedIn. You can hire professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: All right. We're talking about uh, Luke Perry. It was very, very sad news in Hollywood. Everybody who met the guy seemed to love the guy.
2: Yeah, there Uh, aren't, I mean, there are,
7: there are people like that, but he
2: seems to stand out where you really does. You can't, Find a bad story about him.
7: Yeah. And that's amazing. And especially nowadays when it seems like that's all anyone wants to do is find bad Mm -hmm. stories about celebrities and ruin their lives and careers. Uh, Yeah. He just seems to be like, no, everyone's saying he's a great guy. Mm Mm-hmm. He, uh,
3: of course, is best known for Dylan McKay on Beverly Hills 90210, where he totally nailed that kind of James Dean bad boy guy. And, uh, you know, a lot of a whole generation of people fell in love with him for that. But in the last three years on Riverdale, he has developed a whole new fan base. By the way, the uh, CW series Riverdale has uh, uh, stopped production uh, as of yesterday to allow their cast and crew members time to grieve. But here's what they had to say about Luke. And then we're going to go to your calls at one 800 5201067. You're a Luke Perry fan. You got something you want to say? You met Luke Perry. You got a story about Luke Perry. We thought it might be nice to give him a few moments tribute here. Uh, here's what Riverdale said A beloved member of uh, Riverdale, Warner Brothers, and the CW family, Luke was everything you would hope he would be an incredibly caring, consummate professional with a giant heart and a true friend to all. A father figure and a mentor to the show's young cast. Luke was incredibly generous, and he infused the set with love and kindness. Our thoughts are with Luke's family during this most difficult time. That says uh, about what everybody has been saying about Luke Perry this last couple of weeks. I agree. And he was a good actor, too, by the way. On top of all of that, he was a good actor, and he was in a lot of things. Um, Let's go to, uh, let's make it Tiffany, please. La Mirada of First, 1-800-520-1067, as we pay tribute to Luke Perry. Hi, Tiff. What's going on?
0: Hi. How are you?
3: We're good. Great. Thank, thank you. you for calling.
0: I, I've been listening to you for like 20 something years and I've never called you before. So hello. <laughs> um,
3: <laughs> thank you. First time, long time. I thank like you. it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you.
0: Um, I used to do movie makeup and I was a huge 90210 fan, uh, like obsessed. And I thought he was going to be probably arrogant like a lot of actors. So many countless actors were so rude and um, he just was so sweet. And I walked in the makeup trailer and it was the first time I've ever been really starstruck, and um, he was just kind and funny, and I had really, really long hair, and he was like, you know, to me and my sister, you guys can grow some hair, you know, and I was just the, the funny, you know, thing, the way that he was, like, just cool and relaxed and kind, and it just took me by surprise because I had worked with so many people who were awful, and he was very sweet. Also
2: seemed like he was paying you know, close attention to yeah. you, commenting on your hair. It's not yeah. like he's just sitting there yeah. passively yeah. being
7: nice. But I, but I, I think I, I think the well, most important well, yeah. story is that you said there are some people that are awful. Who are those people?
0: i I going to get that question, but I'm not going to go. Nah, we don't need it. <laughs> That's okay. Tiffany, we
3: don't need I will tell you, because I went back and listened to one of the interviews we did with Luke Perry and the Kevin and Bean studio over the years, and it was season three of 90210, and he was... America's biggest heartthrob at that time. I mean, Mm -hmm. everybody loved him. And Mm -hmm. he was so humble about it and kept it in such perspective. And he's like, look, I don't know why people care about me. I'm the same person I was before I got the show. But people are always asking me dumb questions. And people are, you know, always making up stories about me. I mean, he really kind of didn't let it bother him. He just was kind of true to live his life and do his his own thing.
0: Yeah, very down to
3: earth. Very much so. Thank you for the call. And I guess it'll be another, thank what, you. 25 years before we hear from you again?
0: <laughs> <laughs> thank yeah, you. I'll call you when 60. Okay, bye. Thank you,
3: Tiffany. <laughs> Thanks. All right, appreciate it. All right, let's go to Jeremy Encino up next on the Kevin and Bean Show. He uh, worked with Luke Perry, and this is exactly the kind of call we were hoping to get today. Hi, Jeremy. What's going on?
6: Hey, guys. How are you doing?
5: We're going to take it. So I'll try to make it really brief. Uh, so I worked with Luke on a small film about 10 years ago. And he told me a story on set about how he'd come back from Cannes after he'd seen Passion of the Christ. Do you guys remember that?
3: Yep. Yep. Yeah, of course. The Mel Gibson film. Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, sure. So anyway, he, uh, he'd come out, and a bunch of reporters were always ask him, you know, his reaction to the film. And he would always do the same thing. He would take a deep breath, and he'd go, Jesus that's
3: it no, that's me you me just you say. <laughs> nothing else he would just say jesus. <laughs> that's a uh that's a sense of humor all right <laughs> yeah and by the way not wrong not wrong a yeah. lot let's of spook. jesus in that movie Accurate. thank you very much jeremy appreciate that all right let's go to uh let's go to gil culver city line three up next on the kevin and bean show hey gil hey
5: good morning guys good morning all right so similar sentiment to i guess uh tiffany it was but um I was actually on the set of 90210 as a child actor when I was about, I think, nine years old. And um, he just couldn't have been more down to earth. Oh, dealt that's, with a that's lot of great to hear
2: because, you know, there's yeah. a difference between being nice to your peers or you're the same age. But right. being nice to kids, that's something else, too. And, not, exactly.
6: and,
7: not, and 90210 seems like one of those shows where there's constantly people coming in and out, uh, playing different parts. So, And from what we're hearing, he was nice to everybody.
5: Yeah, and it's it's true, like, you know, dealing with all the other actors, you know, not so nice, but um, he just made it seem so calm, and, and everyone was just super, super kind of stressed out, and he was just kind of like that beacon of light that calmed me down, because, you know, you're dealing with, with a lot of lights, and... and, and uh, directors and producers and so it was uh it was really really nice working with him where i just i absolutely absolutely remember just working with him because he was so
6: special
3: mm-hmm. well i'm glad you had such a pleasant memory of that and it makes the loss even yeah. harder thank you gil we appreciate the call I-, I mentioned having luke perry on the show and one of the things that we talked to him about is you know at this time there were i don't know there were a dozen magazines out about all the people on 90210. You know, they were all just teen heartthrobs, and he was telling us that people always ask me the dumbest questions now because because I'm on a TV show, they think I should have an opinion on everything, mm-hmm. and that's what we got into with Luke.
6: Right. My opinion now sh- it should be no more valuable than, you know, than when before I got on the show. Yeah, right? exactly. It's the same opinion based on the same things, and now it's just more people want
2: to hear it. I don't understand why. people uh, People think you know everything, though, don't they? They ask you any question and they
3: think that you're an expert. yeah they
2: do they do you know they they somehow think i have this huge spectrum of knowledge about a lot of different things that i may or may not have so they're just taking the chance
3: i mean for instance look i mean i wish i wish i knew more about nuclear energy well okay what do you need to know well i mean just for instance what's the difference between fission and fusion oh see that's easy you see kevin being they're both nuclear reactions, but by different means. Now, in fission, the nucleus of a big uranium atom is split into smaller parts when
2: struck by a free neutron. If, if we control the action, we can get energy. You mean like a nuclear reactor?
3: Exactly. KROQ's Kevin. Good reader. If we don't control the reaction, however, well... That's a different kettle of fish. Can we talk about Hiroshima for a minute? Whoa, whoa, are you talking about a nuclear explosion, Luke? That's exactly what I'm talking about, KROQ's Bean. <laughs> well then what's fusion
2: and how do they make is that how they make like McNuggets and
3: Hyundai's? So we had a lot of what? good questions. <laughs> what? Why? What? 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 Nice <laughs> to see you haven't k- changed. Why Kevin. would I ask that question? I don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> he was awesome and he will be missed. <laughs> the Kevin and Bean Show. The
7: world famous K-Rock.
3: How do we not see Gavin Rosdale for five years?
13: years <laughs> and then see him 2 days in a row. That's like, a
3: this is pretty crazy. crazy. Hey, you can't I'm, get rid of you? me.
13: You can't get rid I know. of me. I'm like a Scottish drunk. You've got to kill me. <laughs> Seems right. extreme, but all right. I'm going to get a stake to drive through his heart if that's what it takes. <laughs> yeah. How are you, sir? I'm great. I'm really good, thanks. How are you? Your
3: doing? performance yesterday at that Captain Marvel event was fantastic. And I don't and I and I'm in I notice noticed this about a lot of performers who have been around a long time and you've been doing this a while now. The enthusiasm of you on stage playing your songs is the same as it was 10 years ago is the same as it was 20 years ago. Thank you. I love it. Same as it was 50 years ago. Same 50 as it is years ago. tomorrow.
13: <laughs> yeah. Kevin, that was so mean. and <laughs> <was> so early. <laughs>
3: sorry, I
2: just
13: After all you're... that driving and all that getting here. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> and what, I love and you what
3: too. About <laughs> that? What about that, Gavin? Because, I mean, look, um, you know, we get up every day and come in and, and do the show. We do the best we can and we hope to entertain our audience. But, you know, some days it's harder than others. Is it the same for you? Are there times where you're just like, I cannot strap on this guitar and I have a there and really, really,
13: a really simple philosophy about that, which is yes, uh, super basic, which is that if you can't play a show like it's the last show you're ever going to play, you shouldn't play that show. So it's real simple. And so play- do
2: you not? I have t- you ever not played a show? because I always
13: play the best I can. Right. Obviously, my quality you know can dip in and out like like it like anyone like anything but um the intent is always the same and the enjoyment is always the same and it's exciting for me for k-rock obviously the history with me with with this station has began my career so uh any chance i get to um to, to work with K Rock is a great thing.
2: I enjoyed but the, um, the when you stopped all of the music and just did it a cappella. I thought that was amazing and right. ballsy. Oh, you know right. what I mean? Like it's just your voice That's and it right. sounded great.
13: That's right. Thank you. That was yeah. that verse of Come Together, right? Of, of, I think it was Glycerine where I just, oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was sandwiched between two, um, um, amazing pictures of Captain Marvel. So I felt very safe and uh, like the greatest Oreo cookie in the world. It wasn't
2: a huge stage.
13: It was not a huge stage, um, but it was a fun stage. Yeah, You know? It was a stage built for radio.
3: Okay. Did you... (laughs) I like that. Did you get a chance to see the movie last night?
13: I did. I did. Uh, it was early fun. review from Gavin Rosdale, Here we go. Well, I thought it was a lot of fun, and it really ramped up and, and got going. And uh, I think Brie Larson is a really great movie star. And Samuel Jackson just you could just watch him forever, right? Just yeah, I agree. watch him just just he's just so great. I've so. seen
2: him in a hundred things. I'm excited to see him every, yeah.
13: every time. I, I, I love it when he gets mad. Like he's a he's a great mad actor like Harrison Ford is a great worried actor. Right. Harrison Ford's always worried. <laughs> Samuel Jackson's always best when he's angry.
2: <laughs> uh stay after the credits, by the way. That's this is very important for this movie. Stay after the credits. Did you? But I think we all know that by now with Barnes Marvel Marvels
13: well, in particular. Um, yeah. yeah, I was I was I, I needed to feel my, my my body again. It was a little cold for me in there. It was 1 um, degree if
2: that's what you're but, talking.
13: But um so I went in search of a blanket and uh, <laughs> a warm red wine. <laughs> I found both.
3: So Gavin was part of the Captain Marvel event yesterday that we were very happy to be co-co-hosting and you are also here today because just announced is a very special tour i mean bush has been on and off the road over the last 25 years mm-hmm. but you're doing something
13: special this summer including august 6th at the greek what's going on uh, yeah i mean first off the greek you have i don't even have that many milestones the things i think about but having lived in los Feliz when i first uh, uh, moved to la and i could hear the bands i could walk to the greek i saw david bowie oh, at the greek amazing. and i walked there and um, it was a little further than I wanted to, but it was a romantic idea, and I did like the idea. I kind of <laughs> How far regret was it, on it the way. from your house to the Greek. Because well, I'm thinking that's like four miles. I, no, no, it wasn't that bad. I was on Aberdeen, so is Vermont. But it's just like it's like everywhere in America, you know. I'm from this small little island off of Europe called uh, England, mm-hmm. and uh, you can actually walk a block or two. It doesn't really matter. You walk a block here, and you just you're like that. Damn, damn, I drive that every day. No wonder the planet's going up. We're just you know. Just it's a,
2: it's an amazing the- idea on
13: the way there, but and <laughs> yeah. back. Well, actually, actually, back was downhill, so that was actually oh, easy. Okay. It was the way there I had the regrets. Okay. But that's okay. Um, so to be playing there is incredible. Uh, that's an incredible thing for me. I, I, I'm just blown. My mind is blown. But yeah, we're, so we, we have this big tour with Live and in Canada, I think, with Our Lady Peace. But uh, it's a really fun thing to be doing uh, there. With live nation you know we're partnering with them and they're centering a lot around 16 stone because it's a uh, uh, you know five years since it came out and
6: uh
13: <laughs> and uh but i like to obviously play those songs and keep people happy but for me it's a really progressive thing always we're making a new record now you mm-hmm. know i would like to come back and uh, play that record if i'm allowed um sure and uh that's what he says the to me. guy who has no say yeah, <laughs> that means two of us.
3: You've been fairly <laughs> prolific since you got the band back together. Yeah, uh, in 2010, you guys have made a bunch, bunch of yes, efforts. yes. So you still got things to say. Um, 25 years <clears throat> since 16 Stone, though. I wanted to get into that for just a little bit because. W- were you an overnight success story in some ways? Or
13: did you put years in before we heard of you in America? Oh, my God. Of course, there's years that go into it because uh, I was so terrible when I began. <laughs> and so I had to kind of climb that, that slow mountain up to, to, to being average. And uh, and uh, so, of course, there's loads of years of it. I remember the first time I was on stage, this small... Pub in Hearn Hill. How many people? Half Moon. I don't know, maybe a couple hundred. Because you know, hundred. You know, well, maybe eighty, something like that. But they were very big people.
3: Very big (laughs) people. And
13: they were just there for the beer anyway. They didn't (laughs) know we were playing. And uh, I do remember standing on stage. It was the very first show I ever did. And I and I was just trying to avoid, you know, uh, job, school, regular stuff. I was just trying to avoid everything in my life. Um, And being on stage, I was like thinking. This is the worst idea I ever had. What am I doing here? <laughs> I'm an idiot. So I found my way through uh, that, and and um, yeah, it's a it's it's an incredible uh, journey we've been on. I don't know what to tell you. You know, incredible. Yeah, and I, I'm, still incredible. I'm still loving it. Still well,
3: loving it. Well, we're gonna take a break and come back more with Gavin Rosdill in a moment. We'll tell you more about the tour. But do you remember? Was there ever a moment where the light bulb went off over your head and you thought,
6: Ah,
13: music—that's my way out um yes because what what happened is that i found i let, uh, a way what i what i was was a really terrible singer but what i also what i was what i was better at was words and i found that good a oh good is kind that of, right so good, writing lyrics lyrics was a nice it was a really good uh solution to kind of tension. like if you if you have a like a fizzy can of coke you know lyrics was the idea of opening it so it could like release and uh so i think my words were better than my voice for for a while and uh, try to catch up with that so that's when i first that and i thought you're gonna ask me when i first when that when the penny dropped about the, like this life was for me mm-hmm. was when we first got a record you know and i you know excuse me i'm from london so i hadn't really heard of k-rock sure. and when when uh, uh, kevin um and, and uh, k-rock and the whole all of you guys uh, gave us that support and we began um the uh, and then it, it took off around the around the country the first show we played was CBGB's. In New York, is that right? So it was the first show. It was the first show I'd ever played where anybody had heard a record of ours, and so I remember doing the sound check. And um, it's a very iconic club, you know. If people don't know it, it's like all the you know the New York scene. Ramones, yeah, classic. I yes. mean, every single band ever, Blondie, note, Talking Heads, played right? played there. And it's when I couldn't get in. When well, we went out, and then I couldn't get in through the people to the club to the back of the club. Um, it just was so packed with like just the, who I thought were the coolest people in the world. So that was a, that was a incredible, moment, incredible moment. Did you outside? Incredible moment. I just take my time coming through. You know, I take my time coming through. I and sharing the bathroom st- with, the, with, the, with the public. It wasn't like even a private. It was like some corner you change and you say, excuse me, i am got to have a panic pee before I go on stage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Super English.
3: You could have named the band Panic Pee. That would have been cool. No, we um, couldn't. I, I, I love the story, Gavin. Uh, and I know we have to take a break, but I love that story because... Most people who start a band, they think, I'm doing this because I love it, A, and B, because I don't want to be a delivery van driver. So it's just, if I could just make enough money to make the rent, it'll be worth it, and I'll be happy. The last thing on your mind when you're making that first record is, we're going to conquer America.
13: Yeah, that's the last thing. because It's
3: not even in the realm of possibility.
13: The real truth about it is, is that the context is that that was in the middle of Britpop. So me doing a band that was much more uh, had a sort of much more rock sound much more what we'd call i don't know what this word means i don't ever said anymore the g word grunge <laughs> I don't know right it, right but that's what was inspiring to me and so in a way it was the, it was an incredible commercial suicide <laughs> it was like had nothing to do with being successful it, the opposite because all the bands i loved like the pixies throwing muses breeders uh, jesus lizard all those kind of uh, underground bands they all just played at, at a certain level so it was only with with the benefit of the support of radio and then with MTV that my life changed, you know, irreversibly. He is an uh, an unlikely success story.
3: Gavin Rosdale and his band Bush. <laughs> Thank Honestly, you. Un- unusually cruel? I'm You're right. According to Gavin's own words, it's the last thing we thought would work. Yeah. August 6th at the Greek, <laughs> August 10th at the Packamp in Costa Mesa. Tickets are going on sale next Friday, March 15th at 10 a.m. through Live Nation. It's Bush and Live Together, both celebrating the 25th anniversaries of their first albums. We'll take a quick break. More with Gavin when we return after this on K-Rock.
7: It's the Kevin and Bean Show. K-Rock.
3: Our friend Gavin Rosdale in-city with us here on the Kevin and Bean Show. I made a note on my social media, Gavin, yesterday that you were going to be joining us and asked if anyone had any questions. Let me run a couple by you real fast. Uh, Luciana says, uh, Gavin will always be my favorite musician. He said the new album was going to be heavier. I wonder how much of their unique style will change. Is it industrial or something else? I love that metal industrial
13: sound. Please say hi for me. Well, hey, Luciana, that's amazing. Uh, well, yeah, the record I made is, we've made, we're making, nearly finishing, is super heavy. and um, But because of my voice uh, is on it, it really has a very, it sounds like, like us. And, it's bushy. Uh, it's, it's very bushy. It's very bushy. And a very healthy bushy and fun and wide and deep like the ocean. So, um, that's what, yeah, I've been playing live and, and going out there it just, it just, it just naturally progressed to a certain sound that I wanted to make, and um, I'm really, really, really proud of it. And it's, it's I love it's
3: that you thing. say it's heavy because it's Chris, your guitar player, right? Mm-hmm is amazing. Yeah, and you can tell that he can do more than he's
13: asked to do some days. <laughs> I hope he's not listening, but thank you for that. <laughs> no, <Dane. laughs> I'm just saying you
3: can tell he is a great guitar player and will he's do incredible. whatever your vision is. Yeah, Wait-
13: yeah. I mean, the thing is, for me, from writing the songs, you know, you just go into a detuned uh, state and that just creates a different sound. So I, I'm, I, I'm not a screamer and I can't do the, the barking. but outside of that, it's pretty heavy. When does that come out? Um, well, that's not really my so much my lane. But I think the summer, the, my my dream, obviously on this tour, uh, we will be playing a lot of Sixteen Stone, as it is uh, as we, um, He said but, ship. I know. Ship. But but I those got those nervous. I, as it's I said, ship. as I said it, I was wondering myself, did I say ship? You I did say yes. ship with a. <laughs> But it, it, for but, the benefit uh, of the person who has their finger on the on the dumb Oh, I, button, I, I hit the dumb, dumb button. Bean? Oh, you did? I you did. Ship? I
2: thought I didn't know he said
13: ship. So it was you because yeah, you was said S H I, and then you know you took off the. You took I my, mean, I
2: got to do what I got to do. You
13: took my pee away. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Oddly, I took your pee away. That is so awkward. <laughs> for 25 years we've known each other. It's okay. <laughs> so well, you were welcome. saying you'll be playing some 60s, then you'll also be playing some the new some song the Hopefully new the new, new single. You know, so the, I, my dream, <laughs> and what I say to my, my Peter is my amazing manager, is I, I keep begging him that will we have a, re- a new song as well? Because I think that it's, you know, it's essential for me as an artist to... Uh, really pay homage to all those songs that got me here. I don't like it when people play obscure set lists. It really drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. So you play the songs that people want to hear, and they have their own memories to, their so soundtrack. But I think it's also essential for me as an artist to continue to move forward and to make things and be inspired by music. As I am, I mean, I yeah, still you're don't... not an oldies act, right? So therefore, I got to keep incorporating stuff so that you give predominantly things people know, and then a new song. And uh, you're not I'm alone
2: starting... in that at all, because m- most bands now mm-hmm. put out a new New song and then right.
13: and then tour. It's like, yeah, it's, it's part of it, you know. Yeah. And uh, there's nothing beats seeing a band you love and the song that you know so well. But there's a nice thing of being taken on a journey as well. Just not like loads and loads, and loads of times, you know. Right. Uh, Delia writes in, capital letters, I worry about you.
3: We've lost so many on the alternative scene to drugs and suicide. Of course, reference to everybody from Chris Grinnell to Chester Bennington to Avicii. I mean, it has been a terrible year yeah, for K-Rock terrible. artists for the
13: past couple Keith of years. Flint. Yes, Keith Flint yeah, just this week, right. Just, Are yes, you yes,
3: okay? How do you manage to stay so strong and bouncy? You inspire me in pretty much every way possible. Your music and your films, you don't know what I would do without your strength. Well, that's oh, a very wow. nice compliment that's, from that's Delia. Beautiful. But you've got the same struggles that everybody else does and you're in a business well, that mm-hmm. puts a lot of demands
13: on you. How how do you keep everything uh, straight? Um I you know, just just real simple uh, kind of I, I just love what I do so much, you know, I love my children, and I love my job, and you know, I'm going to live forever. So,
6: <laughs> it's really simple. That's uh, good to hear.
13: There's no way around it. I mean, you know, you know, with, uh, with Chester and with Chris, you know, it's an incredible opportunity to, to highlight mental health issues yeah. because there's a, a far too many suicides um, uh, um, every single day. Um, And uh, that just highlights that tragedy. I don't have that like I love life. I've um, I'm blessed with most beautiful children, and I wouldn't you know, happy birthday uh, Apollo. uh, Yeah, thank you very much (laughs) So you you know, there's no way I could leave them and the most uh, uh, Tragic sight I think I've ever seen I cannot unsee was being at Chris Cornell's funeral who I did love and respect on every single level was seeing his son, Chris, age 12 years old, and I have a boy at Kingston who's 12, going to be 13, saw him standing after the service where Chester had sung, Hallelujah, mm-hmm. at the graveside, And when I saw him standing there sort of, um, you know, protecting and just not, not knowing what to do as a, as a 12-year-old boy, I mean, and this just goes back to what I was saying about you know the the help that people need, the support that people need, and the 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 whole mental health issues that this highlights. That was just an image that I will never ever be able to uh unsee and so mm. I'm so sorry for for this family. People ask me all the time about you know what I think about music and the state of you know people that commit suicide, and I always go to the families I always go to the to the real life to the every single day. Um, and the pain that, you know, with Vicky uh, Cornell and with, yeah. with the children. That's what I think about uh, first and foremost. And so, Delia, there's some really beautiful things you've said to me. Um, I promise you. Um, it's like, I look at like being in this music world as being like in a dance competition. I just don't want no one to tap me on my back. <laughs>
3: That is very inspiring, <laughs> Gavin. Can I can I call you if I'm feeling a little down? Always,
13: <laughs> always.
3: I appreciate that. All right. In honor of the uh, 16 Stone 25th anniversary tour, and again, dates just announced: August 6th at the Greek, August 10th at the Pacific Amphitheater in Costa Mesa. Tickets tickets going on sale next Friday, March 15th at 10 through Live Nation. And this is a, a double bill with the band Live, by the way, who we also love here at K-Rock. We thought this might be fun in our remaining couple of minutes, Gavin. Oh, oh. To Uh-oh. let you play a little game that we Uh-oh. yes, I'm, I'm gonna.
2: Fail. This is I how feel we. a failure coming. This out. is how we give away tickets. It's one oh. of the games that we play to give okay. away tickets? Am to, I? Kevin, you want to it? You is wanna it multiple it? choice?
13: Is it multiple it's, choice? It's not. What we're going to oh, do is no. we're going to
2: play a song of yours backwards. Oh, okay. And see if you can identify it. Okay. Because no sometimes doubt. that's really difficult. Sometimes.
13: <laughs> I, mean, I know you, you wrote it. Think, let's see how you do. Sometimes people. i wonder if people think I'm the devil, but it's, so I should know better. But so let's see. All let's try me on. Here's the first one. That's amazing. I, can I have more time? No. Nope. Like,
3: <laughs> Look, this is all we give the listeners when we give away tickets with this game. What song, what Bush song is that, Gavin?
13: <laughs> Does this mean I can't play the Greek? No. <laughs> you're, you're good. <laughs> if I Do screw you not this, know? If I screw this up, am I not going to. Uh, uh, zen. Everything's Zen, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, all right. You know, uh, yeah, okay. You're I knew well from the uh, Okay. All thank right. you. Thank you. I'll, Next one. Mm-hmm. There you go.
2: You sound like the devil.
13: It sounds better.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Is that I weird? I don't think that's true. I heard I buried
13: Paul in there. Is
3: that just <laughs> me saying that? Or like, oh. what
13: song was that? That was really difficult. I knew it was Zen because I could hear the guitar sound. Mm-hmm. So I just knew it for the guitar tone, uh, to be honest. Not giving my... David Blaine-esque trips Away <laughs> um, more like Darren Blaine but um, who was that one? Oh my gosh I, I just literally uh, um, I don't know I don't can know I, can down. you name
2: any other Bush song oh can I <laughs> yeah most of <laughs> them by the way he just said come down I said come down Oh. Was that a guess?
13: No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you knew All right, Did you get that one time. right? I no, didn't you know the he whole did. time. I wasn't sure. I got it right. All right. He's two for two. Let's do one more. Oh, come on. Uh, Boy, I, I can't get 100%. I, I hope
6: don't.
13: someone's alarm just went off. That, me, is, that is definitely better. That is definitely better. Was that little thing? It was. Yeah.
6: <laughs> <laughs> They're good
13: at this game. That's
2: pretty good. I gotta. I can it up go backwards.
13: I can reverse backwards. I can park. I'm from London. I can park in small spaces. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin, we will see you with the Greek.
3: That's and the best
13: thing I ever heard. Beanie <laughs> say to me, <laughs> "Thank see you, you the Greek.
3: so so much for <clears throat> stopping by and for your uh, your your uh, continued patronage of the world famous K-Rock over the past twenty five years. Course. I hope there's twenty five more, in my friend. There are." Thanks for coming in. We
8: appreciate it. All right. Kevin and Bean on K-Rock. K-Rock
3: All right, Brad, in for Ali one more time for what's happening on this Tuesday.
7: With all the sad news that's been going on the last couple of days with uh, celebrity death, it's hard to imagine there's even more bad news happening.
3: Man, you're a I bummer. I going to turn it around this time. You're I thought
7: this was going to be the one where it was going to be all sunshine and, and lollipops. No, and but see, that's why, you, that's why you give the dwarf the opportunity to give you the bad news. It's not as bad when the dwarf tells you the bad news. You're like, ah, but he's cute. That's true. Everything is better coming from a door. All right. So, what is this one? Well, Mark Zuckerberg used to be the youngest self made billionaire in history. Mm -hmm. He has been replaced. Okay. There is a new youngest billionaire in history. Youngest billionaire. Coming in at age 21, Kylie Jenner. She is officially now a a billionaire. Wow. You hear that's... that people? And and okay, Forbes magazine says self-made. Wow. I will fight you for, <laughs> forbes magazine, <laughs> self-made.
3: Now forgive my Kardashian ignorance. Okay. Um both of the younger sisters are very pretty, but one of them is a model. Is that Kylie? Yeah. Is she the model? She's the model, no. she has the makeup line. No,
7: no? no. Oh no, she's not the model. Kendall. That's that's Kendall.
3: Kendall is the I model. Think... Kylie has the makeup line. Yes.
7: Kylie's got the makeup line. So that, and that's Which what is has put crazy her all, all over the top. Yeah. Which, uh, listen, I'm a dude. I don't wear makeup, but why are you buying the makeup line from the one that looks like she's been like artificially injected with everything? I think she's pretty too. Uh, have you seen the photos of her when she was like 14, 15? And no, I know. everybody looks bad
3: at 14, 15.
7: No, no, no. That's, but then like the change, like that's not. I get there's puberty, but that's not natural. No,
3: she had a ton ton of plastic surgery, like Ivanka Trump. Ivanka Trump, if you see pictures of her from 15 years ago, you won't believe it's the same gorgeous woman you look at today. Who hurt
7: you, Brad? Listen. (laughs) (laughs) All I'm saying, I just, I have a problem with people saying self-made Billionaire I don't think She was in a lab With beakers And Bunsen burners Like pouring over A bunch of things Going ah, I gotta come up With the perfect makeup here. I mean
2: the attention On her family Of course played A
3: huge part of that Yes Of course but she had to, I mean, I assume this product is decent or people wouldn't line up around the mall every time a new line come is announced. Yep. Right? I
2: would imagine. I went to a mall and there, and there was a line of probably three to four hundred people. And I was like, what's going on? It's going to be a shoe drop and or something. And it was the first time that she, she was uh, putting out a new product, makeup line or whatever, and they were all waiting. I don't get it. I don't either, I don't
7: understand it. More I power don't dealer. like it. Okay. Get off my lawn. I don't accept it. <laughs> Why does this anger me so much? I don't much? know.
3: It doesn't bother me. <laughs> it shouldn't. My life is I mean, good. It sounds, like, yeah. it sounds like she earned it. It sounds like she had a leg up with a famous family, but that she created a product that people want to buy.
7: Uh, I mean... They, it- ru- they, they ruin everything. They're, they're ruining that. They've ruined careers. They ruined the career of Lamar Odom. Now they're ruining Blink-182. They're not. They're ruining Blink-182. They're not. It's going to happen. It isn't. Rumor, Travis Barker and Kourtney Kardashian are now dating, which if the Kardashian track record holds true, bad things in store for for Travis Barker. Travis is strong enough that he he
2: might make that family better. (laughs) He might. It's
7: a tall order, I know. Two weeks is going to come out. The Kardashians are Mormon now. (laughs) What? How'd that happen? Travis Barker. All good. So uh, I I wish them the best, but at the same time, just don't ruin Blink-182. All good. Well, I mean, we talked about Kylie Jenner being a billionaire. Maybe she can give some of her money to rapper Young Dolph because he definitely needs it right now. You may remember him. He had a song called Cut It. Don't know how it goes. I'm not uh, in the hip-hop community. I'm from Orange County. How we forget. <laughs> Was that it? I, I still don't know. Uh, well, he recently got $500,000 of jewelry stolen out of his car while he ate at a Cracker Barrel. What do you think the average income is of the average person eating at Cracker Barrel? $17,000 a year. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. How These you These are, into- are
3: my people you're discouraging. <laughs> I'm thinking about going to Cracker Barrel today, by the way.
7: Which, by the way, the nearest Cracker Barrel is how far from you, Bean? 32 miles. And you're going! <laughs> <laughs> I
3: just, I'm, I'm in the mood. I can't what help
7: it. What is wrong with you? Are the grits that good?
3: The grits are pretty good. <laughs> You live in a city with real restaurants, though.
7: You live in New Orleans.
3: I know. Everything, every restaurant in New Orleans is closed today for Mardi Gras. So if I want pancakes, I'm going to have to leave the city. Not Cracker Barrel. They're open. Yep. Well, they're in Slidell. They're almost to Mississippi. That's why. (laughs) Sounds like a very worthwhile road trip. Why I think are so you too. so bad? And then I'm going to leave a half a million dollars worth of jewelry in my car when I go in for my pancakes. Excellent.
7: And you would think like, well, well, what does a half a million dollars jewelry even look like? Was it just like one necklace that was just completely diamond studded out? No, it was a few things. He, he was keeping this all in his car. I have like an old Dunkin' Donuts coffee cup in my car. And that, you're worried about it. Yes. <laughs> it's very valuable to me. <laughs> He had a watch worth two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Wow! Two diamond chains, another watch for eighty-five thousand dollars. Cartier sunglasses, twenty-four thousand dollars. That first watch, two hundred thirty thousand dollars. That's a down payment on a house. No kidding! Wow. So that's crazy. All gone. They were stolen out of his car. While, which, by the way, his car, which makes the story even better, is a Mercedes camouflage SUV. <laughs> Camouflage does not work, people. Yeah. Way to uh, way to blend in the parking lot <laughs> right. of the Cracker Barrel. I'm guessing it was on rims as well. There were no signs there could be anything valuable in that car. So, yeah. Uh, people, general rule of thumb and a tip from your friend Brad Williams. Don't keep $500,000 worth of jewelry in your car. That's a pretty good tip. I, I know
3: what y'all thinking. You're thinking, damn, where'd he get all that bling from?
7: That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Let's get to some celebrity birthdays, everybody. Pen Gillette, it's his birthday today. We know him. We love him. Go see his show at the Rio. Uh Eva Mendez's birthday is today. Kevin Connolly's birthday is today. But the reason why we party, Eddie Grant. Oh,
9: no, rock down to avenue, and then
8: we'll take it higher.
7: I love how much Casey hates this oh, right now. Same. She's giving stink avenue, face. And then-
6: I don't think my disappointment
7: know. is immeasurable.
2: Okay, it's not that bad. And my day is ruined. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry.
3: How, do you, how do you hate
7: Electric Avenue? That she, song, she hates it's fun. it even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you really listen to it a second time, Casey, I think you really feel the beats and the melodies and what they were going for. But like, I mean, they want to rock, but not anywhere. They want to rock down to Electric Avenue. Hoo hoo! Maybe a third
2: time. Maybe. (laughs) I don't feel like this is working. I mean,
7: as if Electric Avenue wasn't already rocking. They're going to take the rock,
3: too. What's going on? I will tell you, um, we should enjoy that song while we can before something bad comes (laughs) out about Eddie Grant.
7: (laughs) Well, you know what? We should just play it again, then. (laughs) <laughs> we had, we've heard it enough. Fred, thanks for filling in again. Hey, no worries. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow because, once again, R.I.P. Allie. I hope Allie's uh, going to be back tomorrow. Uh, she won't we be. She's heard gone. Her today,
3: but uh, <laughs> she has been getting better, so fingers crossed we'll see her tomorrow. We love you, Allie. On your
2: drive home today, listen to the commercial-free 5 p.m. hour, Random Act of Helpfulness and the SoCal Helpful Honda Dealers. Tomorrow morning, in all-new Kevin and Bean Show. The Ace Man, Adam Carolla, joins us in studio. How long has it
3: been, Bean? I can't even remember the last time we had him in person, but I'm I'm delighted to spend some time with him. He is celebrating the 10th year of one of the world's most popular podcasts, The Adam Carolla Show. His middle name is Lakers. Literally is. So we're going to
2: talk Lakers tomorrow, too, because it doesn't seem like they're firing on all cylinders. (laughs) You think? They may be having problems. You lost
7: to the Clippers. Right? The Clippers.
2: And uh, Daniel Fisher will also be in studio to from Boy Meets World and How'd we get Jensen, her? Jensen's wife. <laughs> is that why Jensen's coming back? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. That's all tomorrow morning on an all new show. K-R-O-G.
7: It's Kevin and Bean on K-Rock.
10: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive.